All right. Welcome, everybody. Yankee Chronicles podcast on YouTube. Just remember to like, share, and subscribe if you like what we're arguing about or discussing. Um, I'm Bobby Ryan. I'm being joined by Nick, Evan, and Rob. And you can follow us at Yankee Chronicles um, on Facebook and on Twitter. So what we're going to be talking about today is the Hall of Fame. And is the Hall of Fame losing its prestige? Um, Evan, I'm going to give you the first crack at this one. Do you think that too many, you know, they're letting players in that might not necessarily be Hall of Famers just so they get somebody in every year? Uh, yeah, I think that they're trying so damn hard to avoid letting steroid users in that they're picking kind of mediocre Hall of Famers to go in. I don't think it's fair. I think, you know, there's a prestige factor in baseball and ethics as well, but I think it's really stupid when you take into account something that the league knew was happening, allowed to happen because they were making a shit ton of money off of it. And then when they got caught by the public and, and, and the government and everything else, they went, oh, we didn't know. It's the players. It's the players. Right, they exactly. Did. That's what I've been saying. Yeah, but, Evan, you know, and, and to, to, to verify your point, Bud Selig, I know every commissioner gets in, but he allowed this to happen. He's allowed to get into the Hall of Fame just because he was the commissioner. Meanwhile, the players that he enabled can't yep. get and, and I think it's I think it's even worse too because look what Manfred did. He allowed the Houston Astros to cheat. Said mm-hmm. that the World Series was a hunk of metal, doesn't matter. There's no integrity in the game, but you're going to hold these guys out who broke mammoth records. Barry Bonds right. is a Hall of Famer. Roger Clemens is a Hall of Famer. Okay, Absolutely. I don't care if they threw a baby out a window. They still have Hall of Fame stats. Put them in. And also past Hall of Famers really didn't have the most integrity. Like, Babe Ruth was openly cheating on his wife wherever he went. Ty Cobb and also, Cat Anson was openly racist. He was yep. uh, all for baseball being segregated. <laughs> yeah, But they allowed those guys in the Hall of Fame. I mean, they were good enough baseball players to be in the Hall of Fame, but the integrity part, yeah, that's definitely where it was questionable for guys like that. So, yeah. Rob, do you think that, you know, they're, they're too busy looking at solely on the numbers and not the impact that that player had? Probably, yeah. I mean, didn't one guy just have a ballot that was completely empty? Like, no, he didn't vote for anybody? See, but that's the problem, yeah. is the, these, the voters. You know, yeah. is, I'm sorry, every ballot should be public. yeah. yeah. Yep. It shouldn't just be a percentage that has to be made public. If you're mm-hmm. filling out a ballot, you should have to publish it. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the bottom line. But, you know, because if you were strong, if you felt strongly enough to vote against somebody, at least have the balls to to state you know state your reason. Don't hide mm-hmm. under a rock. To me, that goes back to the integrity thing. You know, when you go back and look at the the home run race with McGuire and Sosa, any mm-hmm. baseball fan cannot say that they didn't enjoy that. Whether exactly. They like, that everyone was turning on the TV to watch that, right? That was 
money right there, watching those two yeah. go at it. Who was going to break the record when McGuire did it and Sosa came down and hugged him? And it was, it was awesome. Everyone yeah, I didn't it. watch baseball yet at the time, but yeah, like just knowing my history, yeah, right. that's what I remember learning then, about it. That all eyes were on them. Even when the Yankees were arguably the greatest team ever, people were paying more attention to the home run race than the Yankees. Yeah, right, right. So well, like it was, that was the it, hot it brought in money. Yeah, it that, brought in money. You know, and the only reason that they were. In my opinion, the only reason Selig let that run wild was because they needed to get that revenue back from the strike. If mm-hmm. there was never a strike, I think that there would have been a lesser issue with the steroid era. You know, but a lot of people will argue that if you cheat, you can't get in. And the one problem I have with that is with Pete Rose. You're gonna right, yeah, Pete Rose you, definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. You can gamble on the games. You know, if you're a girl, if baseball is going to be allowed to profit off of FanDuel or, you know, any of these these sites that allow gambling, mm-hmm. it's time to let Pete Rose have his moment. Bingo. Absolutely. I just it, – it's crazy to me that they haven't brought him in yet because aside from the fact that he cheated or whatever he did that was so wrong – he has such a great baseball mind. He was such a great player. There's right. a segment that I, I constantly go back and watch, even though A-Rod's in it, where it's him, A-Rod, and Frank Thomas, and they're just discussing hitting techniques. Any baseball fan should watch that segment. Yeah, Boston. I love it. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and Pete Rose just has such a great way of explaining how he would hit. So the fact that he bet on the games, who cares? The guy right. did it. The guy played great, and he's one of the best players in history, but – they're not going to reinstate him, but you got, like Evan said earlier, Manfred referring to the, the biggest trophy in the sport as a piece of metal. So, right. And going back, to, it, it going back to with Frank Thomas, Pete Rose, and, and Alex Rodriguez, we've criticized Alex Rodriguez a lot in the last couple of weeks, but you can't criticize his knowledge of the game. He is a stranger. You know, and the three of them at that podium, that was a baseball fan's dream broadcast exactly. you know, it was exactly what every young A-Rod was my favorite player young growing young up fan from here to the end of time should be shown that that segment yep. yeah it was an outstanding segment and i, I would go back and watch it all the time yeah. just to learn more and more about <laughs> me too now to go with you know we just saw messina get into the hall of fame um most right. recently and I'll bring up him because he was one of those borderlines. You know, yeah. He's not borderline I, to me. Now, the way I look at it, and this is where Evan and I are going to go at it. I'm going to fight you in about two seconds, but talk. Yeah. Go ahead. The way I look at <laughs> it is if you hear a name and you have to think about it, then he's not a Hall of Famer. When you're at that level of being immortalized like that, you shouldn't have to think about it. You shouldn't have to go, well, let me see what the numbers were. You know, it's a no. It's I disagree with that. that. That's Without even thinking, you go, that's a Hall of Famer. No, so that's, I'm gonna that's bring opinion. Up, I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think about Andy Pettit? Yeah, I'm not really – I wouldn't really say Andy Pettit's a Hall of Famer. And he's definitely one of those guys that you'd say – yeah, I have to think about it, which in your criteria would be a no. 
you know, it's I'm very picky with it, you know, and the way I mm. the way I look at it is, and I'm gonna give I'm gonna use this as a segue, a little sidestep, okay, you know, this side on on this page we we've promoted Doc Adams multiple times, and mm -hmm. he's one of the guys that helped found the game of baseball. He created the shortstop position because he felt that baseball needed a position to be a constant cutoff man. I mean, the guy was ahead of his time. He came up with the 90 feet between bases. He came up with the pitching, you know, the measurement for the pitching mound, the home plate. Mm -hmm. But he can't get in the Hall of Fame because he wasn't friends with certain people. You know, so that's where you, you have to kind of, so I'll bring it back to with Messina and Pettit. You know, some people, it's, it shouldn't, there shouldn't be any doubt if they're in or not, where you have these battles among the fan base of, of that team and baseball of who players should be in or not. Evan, you're, you're, I, I see it. There, there really is no doubt with Messina. I, what pisses me off is this guy pitched in the American League East for his entire career and was in the top 10 almost every year. And yet for some reason, people ignore him because he's borderline on everything. He had almost five perfect games that came down to one out, that came down to two strikes because he didn't have multiple 20-win seasons. He had a couple 19, he had a couple 18, he had a couple 17-win seasons. It's like if you look at a pitcher who gets a ton of run support, is that pitcher good or was his offense good? Because to me, Herman is not a good pitcher. He had a four ERA, but he had a seven run support. You have Messina. He wasn't borderline to me. He was one of the best pitchers for almost, what, how long did he pitch? 17-plus years and retired right before we won a World Series? If he was with us in 09, he would have won his first World Series. Yeah. So here's yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I've, I've always been on the side that Mike Messina is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. See, when when – I first started to, you know, my first thought on Messina was maybe. Mm -hmm. But he is one of those players where, like Evan stated, when you look at the numbers and you look at, here's what won me over with Messina where I was like, you know what, you don't even, you, I shouldn't have thought about it. It should have been a yes. Is he put up all, he had all those wins per season in the, in the steroid era. Right. Yep, in, in the hardest division. He was pitching at, in the AL East when the AL East was the elite division. And he was mm -hmm. still able to dominate. So I thought that when, when you sit back, he's got to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I want to throw yeah. another stat and out there. I want to know... have the same mentality with Pettit, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and Pettit's, also, I think Pettit's postseason resume can be a little controversial because his well, ERA, postseason post ERA isn't actually that amazing, but he was able to go deep into games. Yeah. Although he had some games in the postseason where he got absolutely crushed. Yeah, but when you look at, you know, Pettit's overall work, he was the one guy I was like, he's in. I didn't think about it. I watched it. I thought that Pettit was – I looked at him. I'm like, that's a Hall of Fame pitcher. Evan, do you disagree? 
He's I don't I don't think he is a Hall of Fame pitcher. I don't think he's done enough, and I think he had uh, way too many uh, games and starts in the in the playoffs. Of course, he's going to get 19 wins. He had he was on the best mm-hmm. team in baseball for over a decade. I mean, yeah, but that but shouldn't that just show his dominance to perform? I think he's I think he's a very good pitcher, but if you look at it, he's more borderline than Messina. Messina, yeah. I, I know you guys don't like the stat war, but if you look at war, it's a great index that shows the overall value of a player to the whole league. And in the entire Hall of Fame, Mike Messina is ranked 29th overall for war. Schilling is ranked 27th. Those two pitchers are Hall of Famers. So Schilling's another interesting name. Yeah, and Schilling, yeah, as much as I despise him, both the player and person. Sorry, go ahead, yeah, yeah, so he's Schilling, like, he's an awful person, but definitely a great baseball player. And he has over 3,000 strikeouts, and he was a dominant postseason pitcher. And, yeah, he had to kill our Yankees multiple times in the playoffs. But, yeah, it's just what he's how he's presented himself as a person that's kept him out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and that's where I agree with you. You know, Schilling was another one of those – you didn't think about it. Schilling was a Hall of Fame pitcher. Right. You know, where, but because of his personal feelings, the voters are afraid to vote for him because they don't want to get scrutinized in, yep. mm-hmm. in, on social media and, and, and get turned into with that cancel culture. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that that's the only reason that Schilling is not getting the votes. Right. He will this year. He gets in this year, in my opinion. I think so. I think um, he's going to make it. I really do. I think I the, the, the difference between Schilling and Messina, which is an interesting one, is they both dominated. But if you look at Messina, he dominated over the long haul. If you look at Schilling, he had like four or five years where he was fucking unbelievable. Right. So I think you got to take both of those kind of into account and, and look how it you know, impacts the game. Because when you think back on the game and you look at the, you know, 50 best pitchers in the Hall of Fame, I think Mike Messina and Schilling are going to be on that list. At least in my opinion, they should be. Yeah. Yeah. Is there one player that – see, there's one player I want to bring up, and he came up in our our last episode together, was David Cohn. Mm-hmm. That guy got screwed by the by the press, by the writers. Mm-hmm. He should not have. He should not have been a one and done ballad. Right. I. I really. That. I really. Yeah, he's another guy that. Veter- I really hope the veterans committee mm-hmm. puts him in, because he yeah, is like he's another guy that's pretty borderline to me. But yeah, he's definitely worthy of being more than just a one and done. Yeah. Uh- I don't think there should be a one and done. I think every player should get the respect to at least be looked at twice. That's just me. I don't yeah, think that's definitely point. fair to me. The way I look at it, Ev, and I'm, I'm going to agree with you here, shockingly, but <laughs> I'm going to add a little piece to it. You know, there's three strikes in baseball. You have three years. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Three's fine. I'm fine with three. But I just – And it, in it, those three years, you have to reach a certain percentage. Right. You know – and I don't think that you as a player should be screwed based on the class that you go in with. Yeah. How is that fair? Just mm-hmm. because you retired the same year as someone who's a 
unanimous Hall of Famer. That's not fair. Like, everyone who was in Derek Jeter's class, you knew Jeter was getting in. So you knew a couple of those guys weren't even going to be looked at, and they were, and I don't think that's fair. Right. I still want to know who that one play – who that one (laughs) – Oh, yeah, and there was a ballot that left him (laughs) off, but that turned out to be fake. Where did you hear that? No, he – Yeah, someone actually published a ballot – that left off Jeter, but it turned out to be completely fake. Nah, we haven't heard that one over here. Yeah, I actually remember that happening last year. Well, I'll look look into that. Mm -hmm. Now, there's... Wow, that's that's interesting. i got to look into that. Mm -hmm. Because I always said, you know, you look at some of the percentage, you know, well, the players that, that were in the past that never you got 100%, you know, your, your, your Ruth and, you know, Johnny Bench and, you know, all these players, DiMaggio, and most of them are Yankee fans, you know, Stan Musial, you know. I thought that once Ken Griffey Jr. did not get 100%, at that point, I'm like, nobody will ever get 100%. What do you think? Griffey definitely should have been unanimous. I, that's crazy that he wasn't. Yeah, do you think I, Griffey should have been the, the the first unanimous? Yeah, probably. I, I see the whole unanimous thing to me is stupid because it, it makes it more about the voter than the player. Um, right. You know, like maybe they shouldn't release how much percent they get voted in because it really either you're a Hall of Famer or you're not a Hall of Famer. Obviously, they have to do that because you need to get 75% to get in, and I think the public wants to know that. Um, but does it really matter if Griffey's 100% or, or 99 He's still That's the greatest true. player. He's in the Hall of Fame. That's what matters. So, I mean, he's one of the best I've ever seen in my absolutely. life. Well, that's why I bring him up. I remember as a kid watching him, you know, and do my te- – you know, my, my pre-teens, and, you know, it was – Yeah. He was the he was baseball. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, him, he, Cal Ripken Jr. and Barry Larkin. See, they, what, those they, were the what, what baseball did to Griffey in those days is what baseball is doing wrong with Mike Trapp. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's a I I always bring up when I talk about him. Just if he never got hurt all those years, he would have had the record. Yeah, easily. he would have been in Willie Mays territory easily if he never got hurt. Yeah. He could have hit 800 home runs. Let's be real. He was unbelievable. <laughs> he I would have him. shattered Bonds. Oh, man. He, his Everything he did, he was a five-tool. He was the perfect player. And the fact that he hated the Yankees makes honestly makes me like him even more because he was such a villain. <laughs> and you hated playing against him. But he every was time the one played, villain that we respected. Right. It's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Just, it's, and oh, it's, it's very rare. You can't even count. You can't even finish counting on one hand. He's a six-tool player. I mean, I don't respect Mike Trout because he took that mammoth contract. I actually think that if he hit the free agent market, he could have picked any team that he wanted for any price, and it would have been perfect for the game of baseball because he's dying. Uh, he's dying in Anaheim. Yeah, he's 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 going to be that guy that never won. Because I agree, if he was marketed the same way that Griffey was, it could change the aspect of the sport right now, and they're just not doing it. Mm-hmm. So, no, Nick, I know you're you're a, you're a younger fan. 
So I don't know mm-hmm. if you've watched a lot of film on Griffey, if you understand why we're talking about him the way we are. You know. Oh, I mean, I've watched some clips of him. I only okay. got to see him on the Reds. You know, I wasn't following when he was on the Mariners. But, okay. yeah, I can definitely yeah. understand why you're t- talking about him because he was that guy when he was in his prime on the Mariners. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure we're not, we're not leaving you out of this. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, is there is, Nick? Do you have one player that you know we, we talked about Cone, but is there an, uh, another player that you felt should be you know, that when you think of Hall of Fame and a player that's not in the Hall of Fame, who's the first person you think of? Hmm. Well, I was actually thinking, guys that I'm thinking of, well, actually, before, way before my time, Don Mattingly, he had similar career numbers to Kirby Puckett, but Kirby Puckett had the World Series success, while Don Mattingly only made the playoffs once at the end of his career. Yeah. And also, there, Roger Maris is someone that I think of, and also um, there's – I don't know why his name's. I'm trying to remember his name. I can't right now. Um, he played for the Braves, but I. It's all right if you don't remember. Andrew Jones. Not Andrew. Jo- well, I mean, Andrew Jones well, is someone Andrew, I'd consider yeah. for his ten gold gloves, and also that he was a freak home run hitter in his prime. But that wasn't who I was thinking of. He was dominated for the first eight years of his career. I yeah, think but then he, he got fat and lazy. At one hundred percent. Yeah, but he's another one where I'm surprised that he's not getting the the nod like like other people. Well, Matt, Mattingly is a really good one because if you look at his numbers defensively, he's one of the best in the hall. Absolutely. And speaking of defense, that reminds me of another guy, Keith Hernandez. Yep. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to judge based on World Series because like we discussed before, that's not Don Mattingly's fault. It's it's a team sport. Exactly. You don't do that alone. The eighties and the nineties. We didn't make yeah. the playoffs for a good eight year stretch, guys. Yeah, and I'll say it straight up, even as a Yankee fan, Nomar in his prime was better than Jeter in his prime, but Jeter played for better teams and had more longevity. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, 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 I, could, I could go with that in some aspects. He had better range than Jeter, and I hate when Yankees fans get pissed off at you for bringing up Jeter's range, but it's like there are no perfect players, and Jeter's biggest flaw was clearly his range. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And But you know what, though? More often than not, offense will hold more weight than defense. Like, I've never heard anyone say they'd rather have Omar Vizcal than Derek Jeter, even yeah. though Omar was a defensive god but wasn't a great hitter. Yeah, yeah that's one. true. If you lean heavily defensively, people really just don't care. Right. That's, that's a problem. Because if yeah. it was so, it, if it was on defense alone, even yeah. without the without, even without the offensive numbers, Manningly and Hernandez, their defense alone would make them all famous. Yeah, and right. look at look at Brett Gardner for example. He yeah. has been in second place to Alex Gordon at least three or four times for the Gold Glove, and because of it, has only won once. I think Alex Gordon has like nine gloves, so he's stolen mm-hmm. at least four from him. And if you remember one year, um, Brett Gardner led uh, the major leagues with outfield assists and had no errors. 
Uh, Alex Gordon was like third and had three errors. So I'm sorry. If you have three errors, you're not the best left fielder. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that errors is the best way to look at it because Matt Chapman made like 20 errors one season and still won the platinum gold glove because he had like way over 20 defensive runs saved. I agree to that point, but zero to three seems like a significant margin. I mean, they played the same amount of games, the same amount of time, zero for a whole season when you play a hundred and whatever games, that's a pretty big margin. Yeah, I would say that, yeah, not making any errors is a pretty impressive thing to do. But then also you got to get to the ball in order to be even be able to make an error. Yeah, Rob, what do you think about that? I'm honestly – I feel like an idiot. I did not know Mattingly was not in. Really? I always thought he was. I always thought he was in. Yeah. That's news – I'm shocked right now. Yeah, yeah he's really not. Neither he is I Harris. can't believe he's not. That, that – Still bothers me. The, the, but, the, you know what else? Uh, Another guy I just thought of, Thurman Munson, although if he didn't die in the middle of his career, he definitely would have made it. Yeah, but that's uh, what it is, is the years. Which is kind of what, you know, when you think of a Hall of Fame player, Thurman Munson, when, when he was playing, there was nobody better than him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the, he, he was the driving force on that team. Yeah. You know. Well, also look at his reputation. He's yeah. been dead for a while. He was dead before I was born. He's one of my favorite players of all time. I mean, that is one of the all-time good guys of baseball who really like he was he was beloved and still is. That's hard to mm-hmm. do to be loved for 40 years after your death. Yeah. Right. Even even while even in his playing days, you know, other teams they they held him in the highest regard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he was one of those Yankees that it didn't matter that he was a Yankee. He was just he was, to them, he was just a ball player that mm-hmm. went above and beyond for people. And the guy on, that played for the Braves that I was having a hard time remembering, but I finally remember it was Dale Murphy. Mm. Okay, uh, wow, I haven't heard amazing. that name in a long time. It's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Um, You're telling Rob, me Mattingly's not a whole thing. One thing that team. I looked up a long time ago was what him back is the fact that he declined when he was still in his mid-30s. Yeah, but with, with Mattingly, Rob, they say because of his back issues that, the, you know, um, that really put his career on a decline, mm-hmm. that he just he, he didn't have enough dominant years. Right. That's the argument against Mattingly. And they also say that that's their mistake. Yeah. They also say that about Bernie Williams. Yeah, I think they'll fight, he yeah. Credit. They'll fight another guy I was thinking of. In Bernie fact, needs to be he was better than Peter during the dynasty, except maybe in ninety nine, but that yeah, but again, Peter yeah, had more longevity. Yankee bias either. This is fact. I and the biggest – well, I'm biased because he's my favorite player I've ever watched. I used to mimic his batting stance. The fact that he did it from both sides of the plate, he was such a good defender that people seem to forget about. He ran yeah. the base as well, and he hit for power. He can get on base. He was clutch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did it in the middle of a lineup, and you almost forgot he was there because you had yes. Jeter, you had O'Neal, you had Tino, you had all those that- guys. The core four is Jeter, Posada, Pettit, and Mariano. Yeah, the fact that they don't he include Bernie Williams, that, that, that's an that atrocity. 
I agree. I wrote, I agree. I wrote about it. It's Very on good our call, website. In fact, I actually met Bernie style. Williams the day after I graduated from high school. Yeah. And also, I, I have actually him. seen one of his performances, um, seen one of his music performances live in New good. Jersey. Yeah. I forgot. Where, I think in Hoboken, but yeah, it was in New Jersey in 2013. Yep. I started playing the drums because him and uh, Paul O'Neill jammed together, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I was like, how yeah. is he the greatest center fielder, and he's like nasty at jazz guitar? <laughs> mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Um, man. And Bernie, when I met Bernie I, Williams, he was getting off his motorcycle, and I was surprised to find out that he rides motorcycles. Yeah, he's like I chill. I know that. That's what I learned today. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I, I that's a player that I think should get in, and I'm, I'm I'm completely biased towards him. But I wrote about it on the website how he yeah, pretty yeah. much started. The, uh, the that's, still one of, that's still one of our most viewed articles because whenever we repost that article, it just you know, it, it the the views go up you know significantly. You know, you did a great job on that one. Thank you. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap this up for this week. Um, Evan and I are still alive. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) we hope everybody had a good time watching and listening. So, on behalf of all of us at YankeeFinicals.com, we will hope you have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. All right. Take care, everyone.